Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on this first Friday of the month of July. This is the Sacred Heart Hour, brought to you live here from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Studios. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined every month, as I am, by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning. Chuck and Joanne, how are you as we enter into this month of July? Uh, we're hanging in, Father. <laughs> That's yeah, good. We've, uh, we're still in quarantine. We yeah. haven't left the house for four months. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> All the more reason for us to turn to the Lord's Sacred Heart, right? Yes. As, yes. We, begin, as we begin this uh, show on this first Friday dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we begin by offering up the morning offering prayer. And we invite our listeners to join us together. In the name of the Father, and of the mm-hmm. Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, Chuck and Joanne, so we're in the month of July now. Now, the month of June is dedicated to the Sacred Heart, but just because we're in a new month doesn't mean we leave behind the heart of Jesus, right? Absolutely, Father. <laughs> we got to live with that heart of the Lord within us. And as we're joined by all of our listeners today, we're in this month, a month that, as Americans, is so special for us because we celebrate our Independence Day tomorrow. So, you know, today people are looking forward to getting together with their family and their friends to celebrate the Independence Day. But in the midst of all of this, we still need to have that uh, source of relief, that source of true freedom, that source of our identity, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's important for us to keep in mind on this first Friday, the Church calls our minds and our hearts back to the heart of Jesus So for those who have the opportunity, the privilege, the ability to attend Holy Mass on this first Friday, you're invited to attend Holy Mass and to receive our Lord Jesus Christ with that desire of offering those graces in Holy Communion, offering those graces up as an act of reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And Chuck and Joanne, I know you're so faithful to the First Fridays. Uh, You know the power of the Sacred Heart in the home. Well, you know, what comes to your mind when you think of just that simple invitation, that simple opportunity, which hasn't been so uh, widely available over the past few months, but to be able to go to Mass on the first Friday? Well, Father, you know, we were at 6.30 a.m. this morning at St. Andrew, and I was really encouraged to see more people actually coming physically to church. And as you see the traffic, you know, you're out there and cars are moving around and grocery store and really everywhere, we really need that spiritual food, I think, more than the physical food. So, you know, so that really is a consolation, but it's also an invitation to, um, if we have a dispensation, you know, it's... It really, it's time. Come back. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. And, and I think, Father, as we look at First Friday, and for our listeners, again, if you're just dialing in for the first time, you're saying, what is this Sacred Heart about? It's a devotion requested directly from Jesus to enthrone the Sacred Heart into the workplaces, the homes, the schools, and the parishes today uh, that he told the St. Mary 
uh, St. Margaret Mary of Alaco, that he will bless each home where a picture of his Sacred Heart is exposed in honor. And with that, he's given us the, the gift of what has become known as the Twelve Promises. And I think, Father, as we look today, we need all the graces oh, more and more. we can get. And I think particularly now, my challenge to everybody listening is get back to Mass, get back mm-hmm. to the Eucharist. And I think we've sort of, as our freedom, Father, and you're going to talk about freedom, our freedom says, well, maybe I don't need to go today. You know, I, I can pray, but, you know, uh, I, I have this what's so-called uh, free pass. Is it a free pass, Father, till <laughs> September? Right. And I think it's October, actually. October? You know, that reminds me of Monopoly, <laughs> you know? And, and I think, Father, it's really not a free pass. Why don't you no. help our listeners to understand the importance of the Eucharist, importance to get the Mass. And reconciliation. And reconciliation. You know, it's such a good point. Um, while the obligation to attend Holy Mass has been suspended mm. for the time being, we still have this opportunity before us. Now that mm. Mass is offered publicly, we have this opportunity to participate in the sacred liturgy, the life of the Church. Um, and it, it brings up to mind, as you highlight, that reality, that question of freedom. And as Americans, you know, if we were to go out onto the, uh, the main street, whatever that street is, you know, and encounter people, and you were to ask the average person walking by, how do you define freedom? Mm. Now, because of the way we absorb the culture and because of what we hear and what we read and because of what we listen, oftentimes many of us, uh, erroneously so, define freedom as, well, I, I'm free because I can do what I want, and mm. I'm able to do what I want because I'm free. But you see, when that's not the actual definition of freedom. Freedom is the ability to do what you ought to do, which means to choose the good. And if you're not able to choose the good, then you're actually not free. So here we have before us this opportunity to attend Holy Mass, and as a as a effort of charity, as an effort of precaution, as an effort of safety, the obligation is not... Uh, imposed upon us right now by Holy Mother the Church to uh, live out that precept of the Church to attend Sunday Mass. But because the Mass is offered publicly uh, on a daily basis and on the Lord's Day, Sunday, we do have the freedom to be able to attend Holy Mass if we're in a disposition, if we're in a state of health where we're able to go. And we, we don't have that um, that extra burden, you know, of thinking, well, I have to be here and I don't want to get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that's one of the great blessings of having daily Mass. It's like, you know, if there's any anxiety there, if there's any nervousness there, or if there's any weakness in our health, we have the privilege of being able to go to a daily Mass. Not, mm-hmm. that, it, not that it takes the place of Sunday Mass. It doesn't, because Sunday is the Lord's Day. It's the day of the resurrection. But we have that beautiful privilege given to us to exercise our freedom, exercise the ability to do what we ought to do, which is what? Worship the Lord. Well, what's the best way to worship the Lord? Worship the Lord the way Jesus asks us to worship the Father, by praying the Mass, you know, which originates in the Last Supper, the first Mass, and to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. You know, we have this idea of freedom, and it's like, well, I can do whatever I want to do. Well, that's not freedom, that's chaos, but when we know the good, when we know what God is inviting us to do, to live his life, and then he liberates us from the chains of slavery, uh, you know, then we're free. And the thing is, you know, um, 
we are all confronted on so many different sides of our lives by uh, chains, by and, and slavery, and that cannot just necessarily come from sin. It can come from external authority, external power, external realities, leading us to think that somehow we cannot pray, somehow that we cannot exercise a freedom. And in the words of the beautiful St. John Paul II, he said, you know, we have to treasure, we have to uphold the religious liberty that God places deep within our souls, deep within our hearts to worship him as he asks us to worship. So ultimately, the most profound exercise of freedom for the disciple of Jesus is to be able to attend Holy Mass, pray the Holy Mass, unite oneself to Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. If the Mass is offered and we are able to go, to go. That's the best, most profound, beautiful, eloquent way to exercise one's freedom is to you unite know, oneself Father, to Jesus. I was very confused about this definition of freedom for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. so glad that you're explaining it because I really, you know, thought freedom was okay, I'm free, I can do, but what really is the truth is when you do not choose God, when you do not choose His way, then you are basically choosing bondage. Exactly. Yeah, you lose your freedom when you You don't choose the Lord. Yeah, exactly. And you 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 can hear that in someone who's really struggling with a particular vice or a particular temptation. You you give in once, and then it's easier to give in a second time, and then a third time, and you just start rolling down that very slippery slope of Mm -hmm. sin. And sin really is slavery. It's a slavery to ourselves, and the Lord comes to liberate us from ourselves so that we may live and not exist. Um, but, you know, you can see how a culture, a, a civilization, a society, a family, yeah. uh, a home, you know, we can see how easy it is to fall in to any kind of bondage um, and to sacrifice our freedom if we're not choosing God. Well, which leads us great into the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Absolutely. To, to break that bondage, to really have true freedom. Yeah. And also, Father, as we're talking, I know today a lot of the families are struggling and they're feeling overwhelmed. They have discouragement, what's going on, whether it's internally within their family or externally, as you mentioned uh, they, they really are living hopelessness today. Uh, their children have left the church. They're, they're not being able to really have the freedom they think they have because they're quarantined mm-hmm. and so forth. But we also realize that maybe this is why I really believe in the Sacred Heart, and it's for us today. It's relevant for us today to enthrone our homes to the Sacred Heart is the key is prayer. And the overwhelming majorities of Catholics today, Father, do not pray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keep in mind, like, what breathing is for the body, prayer is for the soul. Ooh, that's well said, Father. Uh, you know, it's the Holy Spirit. That's a good, yeah. And probably these little <laughs> notes that I've jotted one. down over the past few years. <laughs> so, but I, it, it's so true. I mean, yeah, if you go to your doctor is. and your doctor's like, so how often do you breathe? And you're like, What? Doctors, I often do breathe. What is prayer? I can't really, you know, I'm distracted. Sure. And um, I'm not sure I really, you know, when I'm saying those words, I'm not sure I'm really even thinking about God. I could be thinking about playing golf or what's for dinner. And, you know, but um, I I think it's just begin to talk to Jesus, begin to carve out some time 
where you are speaking to him, even when you're driving, even when you're, you know, doing your work, just start to realize that he is with you always. And I I think um, for me that's come more naturally over the years, and I can't imagine not having that connection but you have to just start just begin it's true and you know one of the most basic ways the one of the first steps is to literally just stop and take a deep breath Mm. you know and to just realize what needs to be done needs to be done but it doesn't necessarily have to be done right now Mm. what i have to do right now is i have to remember i'm the creature he's the creator Mm. and the lord is not placing the burdens of the whole world on my shoulders He's put those on his own. And to just recall just for a moment, you know, the Lord, the Lord called me into existence so that I may answer his invitation to live because he wants me to be alive, not just merely exist. And, and right now when there's so much anxiety and nervousness and uncertainty and the unknown, you know, we're all tempted to basically try to break out of this and try to just become free in whatever way we think freedom is and however we can best do that. And what happens, it's like, well, but without that prayer, there really isn't any freedom. Without that unity with God, there isn't any freedom. There's just more chaos. There's just more burdens. There's just more stress. And, you know, I, I, have, I have no doubt that a lot of our listeners right now um, are thinking, you know, there's just so much on my plate. How do I even yeah. begin to pray? And when yeah. someone says, well, just stop and take a deep breath, and they're like, well, I can do that, but what's that have to do with prayer? It's like, well, you have to enter into the Lord's presence. And we so oftentimes always expect, you know, Jesus to enter into our circumstances. And, mm. and yet, and we fail to realize that he's asking us to enter into his presence. And one of the questions, you know, I just the other day, um, two days ago, in fact, a young man was asking me, he said, Father, what's, what's the thing? Just give me one thing I can hang on. I just need a nugget. You know, um, he's a young, he's very professional, he's very successful. Um, and just life right now is overwhelming. And, you know, he was visiting his parents, uh, from living out of town and he's just like, just give me one thing I can do. And I said, I'm going to ask you to think about something. I was like, what do you know of a maternity ward or an ICU floor and a hospital? I said, what's the thing that they have in common, different spectrums of life, but what do they have in common? Silence. Wow. They have silence because silence heals, silence grows silence restores. I said, whether it's the baby, whether it's the mom, whether it's the patient in ICU, silence heals. And I said, so give yourself that moment of silence, but not silence that's the absence of noise, but silence that is the voice of the one who created you. And just breathe. Oh, Father, I think that's so well said. Now, we don't want them to go into silence right now because that would mean they're not participating in the Sacred Heart Hour. (laughs) 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 I also think for those that are interested, go to welcomehisheart.com, welcomehisheart.com, and there's a lot of information on what this is all about. And, you know, there are different structures of prayer. Uh, One thing that, uh, as you know, Father, I'm a little structured. (laughs) No! And and I like what we have in the booklet because it helps us. It helps us to say... As a family today, we've enthroned our home, so every morning when we get up, let's just pray the morning offering. So true. Yeah. It's the That's little all, all we have to do. Yeah. And second of all, let's just pray for intentions today. Mm-hmm. What's on your heart? And then 
Thirdly, pray for those that you're going to meet, and how do you help them and comfort them? It doesn't, as you know, you don't need a Ph.D. If we did, we would all, I would fail. But <laughs> Me too. What, what we do need is just that willingness to say yes, as you said, and then the other challenge is consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Just show up. Yeah. Just be consistent. And when you fail, start again. And, you know, and I think a lot of times when people pray, or maybe you could uh, help people with this, they're always praying what what they want right? versus asking God, what does he want? Right. Yeah, we always fill our prayer with petition rather than praise. It's like... Well, I'm going to praise you, God, because you are God. You are the mighty God. You are the always and everlasting. You are the before and the after. You are the beginning and the end. You are God, and I praise you because I am just a simple creature that you brought into existence and gave life and gave faith, and I praise you, Lord. And then after we've praised the Lord, then we can bring to him those petitions, very real petitions, mind you, you know, very, very real petitions. But sometimes it's good just to say, well, I'm just going to praise God because he's worthy of praise. Well, Father, you said something a while back that really resonated with me during this time is that we need to get outside of ourselves. Mm, yeah. And, you know, and I think one thing about prayer petitions is it does help us to think, you know, in a, in a wider circle of other people yeah. that are suffering of needs in the world. And I have found, you know, trying to follow your <laughs> advice... <laughs> is um, the more, especially during this difficult time, the more you find ways, and the Lord will give you those ways, to reach out to others, whether it's even a phone call, an email, uh, you know, making something for someone sick. Mm -hmm. It's so healing for ourselves, because when we lose ourselves, we really do find ourselves. It's true. And, but any, every act of charity has to first be a gift to the Lord. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. if, if the Lord isn't the center of that act of charity, then ultimately it can very easily become an expression of pride. It's like, well, I'm doing this because it makes me feel good. Mm. And it's like, no, you should be doing that because you love the Lord. And the Lord is all good. And the Lord has opened your eyes to see the needs of your neighbor. Mm, and it's like we're well you know, love of God and then love of neighbor because, you know, like we're surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are trying to be kind and good. Mm-hmm. But we need to be those who are truly loving and selfless. Mm. And the you Lord know, is the center. Um, Father, as we talk about this and for those listening, you can go on welcomeisheart.com. Uh, all you have to do is sign up for the by giving them the email address, sign up for the monthly newsletter. And, Father, your uh, letter uh, that starts off the newsletter this month was really relevant to this freedom and independence. Mm -hmm. But you said one thing that resonated with me. Our nation was built upon the freedom of religion, not the freedom from religion. Right. Yeah, exactly. The Lord is at the center and if we turn our back towards the Lord, not only do we lose our freedom, but then we also become totally lost. And it's like Joanne, you know, highlighting, it's like, we have to look out of ourselves, look upon the one who creates us. And that's why it's so important to have the sacred heart of Jesus in our home, 
That's why it's and, so important to have and, a crucifix in our home. And now we can do that, Father. I mean, providentially, yeah. right before this, I mean, this is, was such a witness to me of our Lord being wanting this and mm. being with us every step of the way, that we have a home enthronement opportunity. We have a download opportunity. It's true. There's yeah. really nothing in the way. Yeah. And with that freedom of religion, you know, we're able to hear the voice of Jesus. The, the most sacred heart calls out to every human heart that cries yeah. for freedom. And also independence, you know. But in the midst of freedom and independence, we have to have that humility. Remember, it's like, I'm only free because of the Lord. Mm. I'm not free from the Lord. I'm free because of the Lord. And uh, and we can see, you know, how easy uh, freedom can be derailed when the Lord Jesus is not present. So it's like if in your home, if in your life, if in your family, you want there to be true freedom, then the Sacred Heart, Jesus himself, has to be at the center of that drama. He has to be at the center of that life, the center and of the heart. And you know who will help us with the steps of how to do that, Father? Chuck. He's sitting right here. <laughs> well, the good news is, for everybody listening, there are easy steps to enthrone. So easy, And you yeah. can go to Welcome His Heart, and you can either download the booklet, or you can get download a self-led enthronement kit, and a missionary will follow up with you on the phone. You can do, today, I guess it's called FaceTime, or you can do the old time where you just talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we lead, but all, all we ask you to do is five things. Number one, first of all, sign up. Second of all, choose a Sunday for your enthronement ceremony. It doesn't have to be a Sunday. No, but we, we really want them to go to Mass yeah, first. right, right. That would be great. Then select a Sacred Heart image, and you, if you buy the kit, there's one in there, or you might have your favorite one from your parents or grandparents. And then number three, Make sure you establish a prominent place. And maybe talk about that, Father. I know some people say, well, I'm going to maybe just put it over here so not too many people In the see back it. hall. In the back <laughs> hall. <laughs> or, you know, it's like we, you, you and your family, you get to welcome Grandma or Grandpa. You haven't seen them forever. They walk in the front door. You give them a big hug, and then you stick them in the back bedroom, and you don't let them come out. They're like... We're so glad they came to visit. We're so glad that they're here. It's like, well, where are they? Oh, we stuck them in the back room where no one can see them. That's always well, a fear why? is we you know? become grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, you brought the Lord into your home. Put him where you can see him. <laughs> Don't stick him in the... Establish a prominent place. Then yep. fourth, we're asking you to prepare your hearts. And by doing that, three days, you can do eight-day or three-day uh, prior to the enthronement. And we're asking you to pray as a family. And the key that I like about this is families need to pray today. And this is a wonderful way to do it. And we've done it in a way uh, that all the prayers are in the booklet. And it's very simple. And it is. And then fifth, pick your enthronement day. As Joanne said, it doesn't have to be Sunday. But we would like you to go to Mass and then enthrone, and you just enthrone Jesus as the king, brother, and friend of your home. And then, as we know, Father, it's not a once and done. It's a beginning. It's true. Yeah, no, it's the beginning of what should be a beautiful, lifelong friendship, where the goods that are exchanged are life and sanctity. 
You know, we welcome the Lord into our homes. We welcome the Lord into our hearts. And whether it's a household of one or it's a household of many, we allow the Lord to be king, brother, and friend. And a lot of, you know, it sounds like a, almost like an oxymoron, right? It's like, well, I want to be free, so I need a king. It's like, well, but the only king should be Jesus. And he's the king of the kingdom that is our soul. And when he reigns there, then we are truly free. Truly and free. Father, I know for Chuck and I and for many of our friends and others that have enthroned, these difficult times have not been as difficult having the extra graces. And part of the promise is peace and all the graces necessary. And as you say, and you remind us, that it's not that troubles won't come your way, but that you have some new tools to handle them. So true. Yep. And, and some new graces given out, because that's what Jesus, he keeps, he keeps his promises. So why wouldn't we want to do that, especially during these times? It's so true, you know, and for those who are just now tuning in, or maybe you just jumped in the car and you're driving, you know, uh, on the first Friday of every month, the church calls us to heed the words of Jesus and to spend this time in prayer, to kind of refocus ourselves and, um, you know, and to offer ourselves up to his sacred heart and ask him to place the beauty and the glory and the mercy of his heart into us. And, you know, and how do you begin with prayer? You know, and, yeah. and of course, you know, there's that desire, that thirst to be free from the stress. Well, how do you become free from the stress? By giving it over to the Lord, you know, and how do we come to know him to where we can trust him and place him? By allowing him to enter into our homes yeah. and to becoming, you know, the center of our lives. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it never ceases to amaze me how so many different people from so many different walks of life will just randomly tune into this, you know, this program here Um Chuck and Joanne and uh, me and, you know, go back and forth. And, of course, you know, Joanne and I are like the kids that are just go roaming out into the playground. And Chuck is always like, no, there's a reason behind this program. It's the same. We're playing in the sandbox and then he's ringing that bell. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so easy. And, I mean, that's the beauty of the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. It is literally so easy to open the door, you know, uh, and just to open the door to the heart of Jesus. Well, and I also think, Father, a lot of people probably say to you, how do I help lead other people to Jesus? And actually, it starts with us first. It's true, yeah. Because if we don't enthrone our homes, if we don't put Jesus as the king, brother, friend, savior of our home, our family, and I challenge the men in men's ministry to be the protectors, the providers, the leaders, and the teachers of the faith. And I know for men, I can speak for men, uh, that we might have been good protectors, we might have been good providers, but when it got to being the leader and the teacher, we sort of said, well, we're going to delegate that. we got other things we're doing. And we all have to say, no, our responsibility as parents today grandparents today, friends of children today, or whatever is, we have to be able to be formed so we can help teach them the faith. It's time to step up. Well, you know, you ask that question, it's like a lot of people say, well, what can I do to lead others to Jesus? Well, actually, the question I get even more, and it's more painful, is, Father, how am I supposed to lead others to Jesus when I'm not really sure where I'm going myself? Mm. 
And it's like, well, that's a very, mm-hmm. very good question. It's a painful question. It's an mm-hmm. honest question. But it's like, spend time with the Lord in prayer. Make sure mm-hmm. that He is at the center of your heart. He is at the center of your soul. And don't be so focused. Don't have that, you know, that don't succumb to the pride that leads you to think that somehow you have to know how best to lead others. Because if you're able to follow the Lord, then others will see that you are free. And others will see that you have peace. And others will see that you are calm. And they will ask why. And all you have to do is answer honestly. Because I know the Lord. Because I know his heart. Because I live with his heart. I'm in union with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the source of my peace. He is the source of the tranquility. He's the source of the stability when everything around me is going crazy and chaotic. And it's just that opportunity when someone asks the question, you know, how are you in so much peace when everything is so chaotic? And all we have to do is be honest and answer, I know the Lord. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I've got all my stuff together. Mm. I'm just saying I know That's the Lord. That's a simple, simple, profound answer. Well, Father, during this time, Chuck and I have also started reading more about the lives of the saints. And how did they cope with the time that they were born right. to? Right, yeah. And I, I was reading about St. Catherine of Siena mm. living during the time of the Black Plague. Yeah. And people asked her, how did God allow this to happen? Mm. Why, why would he allow this terrible Black Plague? And her answer, at least in the book that I uh, read, was that because often people don't come to him and repent until they're suffering, until times are difficult. And I, I, you know, I just read that, and I thought, you know, all things work to the good. And maybe, you know, during this time of pandemic, it also can be a grace time, a time of solitude, a time of just like Fourth of July. Used to be parties and fireworks and parades. Well, it's not, for at least in our world this year, but it's a time of thinking about true freedom. It's true. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift, really. Yep. It, it's a gift. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe, well, I do trust that all things work to the good. And, for those, and for those, we have to come to a close. <laughs> and uh, you, I'm honey. not there around the Franciscan... <laughs> program director, but I'm sure he's uh, giving us the one minute. But go to welcomehisheart.com, and we'll be back, and I know Father, you'll close us in prayer. As we bring to a close this first segment of the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us as we commend ourselves to the mercy of God through the heart of Jesus. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, we adore you, we love you, and with a lively sorrow for our sins, We offer you these poor hearts of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of bodies, assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings in all that we do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. Sometimes Christians discern themselves into paralysis. Does God want me to be a priest or get married? Play piano or violin? Date this person or that person? Pepperoni pizza or sausage? St. Augustine saw things more simply. He said, love God and then do what you want. Why? Because if we love God, our hearts will naturally want what He wants for us. 
God reveals His will through our own heart's longings, our gifts and talents, the input of others who we trust, and the ordinary events of our everyday lives. And while He can break through and speak to us in miraculous ways, even St. Teresa of Avila, who had visions, said to never go into prayer without spiritual reading. Never presume God's going to act outside the ordinary. I know a priest who wasn't sure if he should become a Benedictine or Franciscan. He didn't ask for signs. He took out a ruler and measured which was closest to his house on the map. He's been a happy Franciscan for decades. Keep things simple. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Well, as a teenager, I didn't really see how relevant uh, religion was in my life. In my early 20s, I... I began to look at other faiths. Well, I, I understand as, as a Catholic that the things that I, were, I was given uh, at a very early age, those things never ended. They're still with me. That's what drew me back. Because the Catholic Church is, a, is worldwide, there are so many different types of people that come to the church, and, and it's a place where I feel accepted for who I am. I'm where God wants me to be. And, and I feel like my life is, can be used for what he wants now. And when I came back, I said, Lord, you were waiting for me the whole time with your arms open wide, and I have come home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning, and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Hello! Hello! <laughs> and as we head into the sec- second segment of the Sacred Heart Hour, ooh, tongue twister there, ooh, uh, we're going to begin with our daily covenant renewal prayer. So we invite all of those listening to join us as we renew our love for the Lord Jesus on the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Radio on this first Friday of the month of July. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you and the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families who follow you throughout the days to come. Help us so as to live that we may get to heaven. Amen. 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 Now, Chuck and Joanne, every month the Holy Father uh, gives to us an intention to keep in our prayers. And Ah. for this month of July, Pope Francis has asked that we all pray that today's families may be accompanied with love, respect, and guidance. Now, I'm not sure about you, but this reminds me of Our Lady uh, when she appeared in Fatima. And she Mm. said what? You know, she goes, there will be a time that will come when the family will be the final battleground. Peace in the home, peace in the family, love between a mother and a father, the parents and the children, uh, the spouses, you know. And we find that today in the family life, a family life that should be so filled with peace and beauty, uh, fertile ground for sanctity. Oftentimes there's division and people cry out saying, you know, how can I bring peace back to my family? The answer is Jesus. 
And Our Lady points out the way towards her son. You know, in your own family, Chuck and Joanne, um, you obviously have a beautiful witness of how the Sacred Heart was brought into your home um, through Father Joe Losh and the effect of Jesus on your family and family life. But, you know, as a married couple, as parents, as grandparents, you know firsthand the power of the Lord when he's brought into the family life. You know, what, what's that, that invitation, that challenge, that consolation you would throw out to those who are listening? And they're like, I can totally understand Our Lady's words. The family is the oh, battleground. Father, absolutely. And I think sometimes when you're in the midst of living and, you know, difficulties of life and especially family life, sometimes, you know, you have to look back and say, oh, yes, he was with us. Yes, how this, you know, how this played out. And it sometimes it takes time. I think it usually always takes time. Yeah. But we did our formal enthronement back in 1990. I was going to say 89, 90. So, you know, that was quite a while ago. But, um, but we can definitely give a testimony that God keeps his promises doesn't mean we didn't deal with difficult issues. We're still dealing with them. 18 grandchildren that we love and, you know, pray for. But, uh, oh, I, I wish we had done it before 1990. I think life would have been better <laughs> up to that point. Well, this is a real also call to action for anybody listening. If you have not uh, enthroned your home to Jesus, that's why... We have welcometheheart.com. Um, go on to the website. And for me, I knew nothing about this father. I mean, it's not like I had studied this for a month or two months and said, boy, this is something we want to do. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, well, it sounds good. Let's try it. Like, why not? And I think that's the key to anybody. The, Joanne and I look back on our life and your father and, a lot of a lot of listeners today, and it wasn't the big yeses. It was just the small yeses mm. that brought many blessings. Yeah. And I think that small yes to enthrone our home became a huge blessing, not because of the Sacred Heart Hour program, uh, <laughs> and not because this is now uh, coming across the airways for Joanne and I. It just is a blessing because of our family that we prayed together might have been for the first, first time, time. Mm. you know yeah. and i think that's the key how do i bring my children back to the church just or how, my children are going to school but i'm not sure they're getting catechized yeah. how, how can i help the first thing is uh, just enthrone your home just enthrone it yeah. and then start saying, okay, we're going to just do a morning offering, a prayer. And, Father, maybe help our audience today understand this is not just, what do you call it, a, a moment where, well, I'm not sure anything really comes from this, uh, but yeah. this is true. Or I'm not Jesus. worthy. Or I'm not yeah. worthy, but this is from Jesus. 
Well, you know, we're all tempted with the one and done approach to things in life. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have a headache, so I'm going to take a pill. You know, my car has trouble, so I'll drop it off at the shop. You know, my family life isn't the best, so I'll just hang a picture. And it's like, no, there has to be what's called first a conversion where we turn back to the Lord. And then for the rest of life, there has to be the period of sanctification where I cooperate with God's grace so as to become holy. And, you know, and if we look at the saints that we remember during the month of July, whether it's St. Junipero Serra on the first or today, the great apostle, St. Uh, oh, yeah, I just got the thumbs up because the Franciscan worked his way into the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Calm down over there. Calm down. Put down the thumb. Okay. <laughs> so, or today, the Holy Apostle, St. Thomas. You know, we've got all these beautiful examples of saints. But when we enter into their lives, it's not that we experience or encounter perfection, but we encounter desire. They desired holiness. So when we're, when we're speaking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, when we're speaking about the enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, when we're, we're encouraging people to bring peace into their homes by allowing the Lord to come in, like you said, a lot of people are like, well, but I'm not perfect enough. I'm not worthy enough. It's like, it's not about you. It's about Him. And it's not about what you're bringing to the table. It's about what He brings into the home, His peace. And it's like, don't become distracted with the idea of perfection and don't become overwhelmed with the pursuit of perfection. Rather, become captivated by the opportunity for holiness and be focused on sanctity, allowing the Lord to work within you by pouring His grace upon your hearts, by going to the sacraments frequently. You know, it's like that avoid the one and done. Honor the Lord the rest of your days. You know, honor the Lord, honor His sacred heart in your home. Change things up a bit, you know. Don't be afraid to point out the image of the Sacred Heart to the smallest child in the, the house when they're having a bad moment, a bad day. You know, it's like, well, you have the opportunity of doing good, of being good, of feeling well, because the Lord is here. You know, direct the attention, direct the, the line of vision of everyone, regardless of their age, not to perfection, but towards sanctity, by directing them away from the world, but to the Lord. And also, Father, as you mentioned, whether... A child is acting up. I know we'd send him to the room, but really you could just send him and sit him right in front of Jesus, the Sacred Heart, and just contemplate that love that he has for you. And I just think that image of the Sacred Heart is not one that says, okay, everything's going to be perfect. I've enthroned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it says, I've made the first step. Jesus has requested. He's requested this to expose and honor his sacred heart. And I think of today's feast day, uh, you know, and I have a brother, Thomas, and um, uh, blessed are those who have not seen but have believed. Yeah. And you know what's beautiful about those words is, remember, we have to know sacred scripture. We've got to know the Gospels. When Jesus appears to the apostles and he says this, these words to St. Thomas, it's the second time he appears to them. The first time, remember, Jesus appears in the upper room, the door's locked. Why? Because the apostles who are there, you know, 10 of the 12 who are there, they are afraid. Jesus appears and he says what? Peace be with you. He appears to them after the resurrection and he says, peace be with you. Now, Judas is not there because he betrayed the Lord. Thomas is not there because Thomas was late for everything important. Mm. Thomas missed out on the opportunity. So what happens? Mm. Jesus appears, peace with you. Now, it's not like the Lord showed up and was like, what? Thomas Mm. isn't here? 
I missed him? No, Jesus knows everything. Jesus showed up at that particular point in time because he knew the struggle of the 10 who were there in that room, they were struggling against fear. When Jesus appears again, Thomas is there, but he knows Thomas isn't struggling with fear. Thomas is struggling with doubt. And when Jesus appears the second time, he appears when he knows Thomas is going to be there. I mean, mm. Jesus doesn't show up and say, oh, I made a mistake. Remember, Jesus mm. is God. There's no mistakes made mm. by the Lord. So Jesus shows up at the perfect time, and he shows up to appear to Thomas because he knows Thomas isn't necessarily struggling with fear. Thomas is struggling with doubt. And he shows up to Thomas, and Thomas believes. And then Jesus says those words that Chuck just highlighted and quoted from Scripture. Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. When Jesus appears to Thomas, he appears to him and liberates him from the chains of doubt. So for our listeners today, if you're struggling with doubt, doubt in God, doubt in love, doubt in peace, you know, doubt in any kind of civil order, if you're struggling with doubt, just like St. Thomas, the Lord cries out to us and he says, what? Peace be with you. Peace that only the Lord can give is what breaks the chains of doubt. And having the heart of Jesus in your home that's what brings faith to where there's only doubt. That's what brings love to where there's only fear. Oh, Jesus that's liberates. good, Father. I need to remember that for the <laughs> homily later on. And also, Father, yeah. as we look at... I needed that. <laughs> as we look at tomorrow now, we know there are not going to be as many parades and other sure, things. Sure, yeah. But it also is first Saturday. Yep, it's true. The Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yeah. An opportunity and to venerate our lady. wonderful time to start the day off, say to the family, we're going to go to Mass. And what a beautiful day to consecrate in your own way our country to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Absolutely. You know? And just say, and, you know, I really challenge people with all the uh, misinformation going around. And, you know, St. Universe Sarah taking down his statue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we've been reading about him, lies. Yeah. Find out the truth. Find out the truth from a truthful source. Christopher Columbus, you know, I've been reading some of the words that he wrote in his log. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, holy, wanting to bring the gospel message, reverent. You know, it's like, what? Sometimes people are so misled. In, in the lie that they don't understand the reality of the truth, especially with our saints and with our church. Well, and you know, here we are, we're advocating the restoration of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. But what does that imply? I mean, that implies that somebody is willing to read, someone is willing to think, and someone's willing, not afraid of history. Yeah. Yeah, they're not afraid of truth. And we live in a world where relativism is running rampant, and the first thing it destroys is the ability to speak. The next thing it destroys is history. Yeah. If it erases history, we all become totally mindless. We have no context. We have no grounding. And that isn't a dire- that's a direct assault against the Lord. You know, Absolutely. And within the Church, we've been fighting this for almost 50 years. It's like changing the meaning of Scripture, changing the meaning of the words Jesus himself. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that 70% of Catholics who respond to, respond to polls say they don't believe in Jesus' true presence in the Holy Eucharist. Well, that's because they don't take his words at truth. They don't listen to what he says, and they don't listen to it and take his word for what it is. You know. And we have to be so careful about the source. Because it's on television, or because it's on the Internet, if you Google it, 
you know, you, you really have to, that's the beauty of our church, the trustworthiness of the truth, going to authentic sources and that you can trust because more and more our newspapers are, we really have to filter that. And because there's a lot out there that's not true, because the truth is so beautiful. Yeah. And the lives of the saints, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. if you enter into the lives of the saints, it's not that you experience perfection, but you experience a desire for holiness. And the one who is pursuing God is always pursuing truth. And the person who's pursuing truth is always pursuing God, whether they know it or not. That's a beautiful quote from St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. You know, the one who pursues mm. truth is pursuing God, whether they know it or not. Mm. And in these days, we have that such beautiful saints, uh, like today, a holy apostle. But then we also got, you know, St. Maria Goretti, a virgin and martyr. I mean, mm. she died mm. giving forgiveness to the very man who murdered her. Yeah. I mean, it's just a beautiful example of selfless, yeah. sacrificial love, but a desire for the Lord to maintain her purity before the Lord. And her simpleness. Totally. Yeah. Totally, Yeah. And then we've also got a beautiful saint, St. Katerik Tekakwitha, uh, you know, a Native American, part of the Mohawk tribe, upstate New York, became a Catholic, the Lily of the Mohawks, as she's called. You know, she pursued Jesus even at the expense of losing a lot of her family. Mm. You know, she met the Lord Jesus, and she wanted totally to give herself over to the Lord. And uh, the example of someone like St. Katerik Tekakwitha, that's a very bold statement in the face of pagan religions, you know, and no religions at all. It's like, no, the one true God is Jesus, the Christ, and we need him in our homes. We need his heart, the heart of the one true God in our homes. And when you look at someone like Kateri Tekakwitha, a young, beautiful woman, she sacrificed so much because when she met Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, she realized life with him, even for a moment, was better than a lifelong of misery without him. And there's so many wonderful books out you know, when I was growing up back in the early days, uh, you know, sometimes we just had two paragraphs it's true. on the yeah. saints, and they they were so, um, you know, it, it was it, it was unobtainable. It was like plastic because they didn't give the details of their lives and their struggles, and, yeah, and their struggles, yeah. And now we really have some wonderful resources out there to really get to know them and to really have them as your friend. Now, Father, I know on July 16th we got the feast day of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and I know as a convert I struggle a little bit with a scapular. Maybe help those like myself and others why the Blessed Mother requested the scapular. Sure. Well, I mean, the scapular is a sacramental. It's a piece of cloth. You know, it has usually um, two smaller squares connected by two cords or ropes or strings. You know, and one square would hang in the front uh, on your chest, and the other one would hang on your back. So you literally like place it over your head. And the scapulars come in a variety of colors, but they're usually associated. Usually, not always, but they're usually associated with uh, clothing yourself with the garment of Mary. And then you associate yourself with the religious order that wears that particular scapular. So the brown scapular is uh, associated with the Carmelites. And Our Lady of Mount Carmel, you know, she encouraged the wearing of the scapular because it was an external manifestation of an interior desire, union with Our Lady, to be clothed with Our Lady's garment so that you are totally given over 
to her son Jesus, like she is. You are like her, the first disciple, a faithful disciple. Now, not everyone can wear the scapular, either because of allergies or their occupation. You know, so there's even the metal on one that side. You've got the sacred heart. Does on the other the side, you have count? the. It does. Yeah. Yeah, the scapular metal, yeah. I mean, it's not in the truest form, the brown scapular, but mm-hmm. the church gives that privilege to the metal, uh, the scapular metal, presuming that you understand the intention behind wearing it. You desire to clothe mm-hmm. yourself with the fidelity that is most beautifully exhibited by Our Lady. And you're basically saying, I belong to her, knowing that anyone who belongs to Our Lady is going to be totally focused on Jesus Christ, her son. It's that desire. It's like, I want to see him as his mother sees him. So I'm going to belong to her family. I'm going to be her child so that he is my brother. And, um, you know, I'm totally given over. You know, Father, also, um, for those families today that are saying, well, we're going to take a week and, you know, vacation. They might vacation at home or they might be going somewhere for vacation. I know you have said this in the month of July, it's not about leaving Jesus back in the home. Right, right. Whether it's a staycation and you're not leaving your home, it's an opportunity to gather together throughout the day and admit that the Lord is still present among you because you want him to be present among you. Or if it's a vacation, you know, turn the vacation, turn that trip. Uh, without a doubt, it's probably going to be a bit modified because of the present climate and what's going on in the world around us. But turn that vacation into a kind of pilgrimage. Chart out where you're going and see what churches are along the way, what shrines maybe along the way. Um, you know, like here in Columbus, I'm always shocked at how few people know of the big national shrine of Our Lady of Consolation. It's, yeah. it's seriously like so an hour beautiful. to the north on 23. And when you say there's this huge, magnificent shrine dedicated to Our Lady of Consolation where many miracles have taken place, people look at you like, I don't know what you're speaking of. So if you're going north, if you're going east, if you're going south, if you're going west, no matter where you're going, Make it a little pilgrimage. Highlight, you know, just different parishes or shrines or monasteries along the way. And, you know, we found doing that with the family and even Chuck and I, it really, it it just uh, makes your vacation so much better. And those are the things that the children really remember the most. And you know what? You'll always find that when you're pulling up to the parking lot of that church or the chapel, the shrine, that's when everyone's clawing at each other. <laughs> it's like, okay, we need to get out of the car and go visit the Lord. <laughs> and it's a good natural True, place Father. to stop. Better that you stop at a church than you know, just the gas station. You know, it's just like, keep so everything centered is, on the this Lord. This is a wonderful month of, of feast days, and then we end the, the year with uh, St. Mary, Mar- um, uh, Mary Magdalene. Magdalene, and then we go to St. James the Apostle. And I think it's a great way to get to know your saints during the month of July. It's a great way to enthrone your home. And also, for some of you, um, might have heard of this. Um, the, this is the annual sacred, the annual, annual Friends of the Sacred Heart campaign that we're running to help finance not only locally, but nationally and globally. worldwide. Yeah, globally. And, We've gotten where we're sending downloads and kits to uh, basically Europe, uh, Asia. Uh, we just had one from New Zealand. Uh, I mean, so it's there. in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong. So go on our website, Welcome is Heart. If you feel like, you know, we only do this once a year. Uh, we had our first one last year, and it's really helping us to prepare all the materials and yeah, everything. Yeah, exciting. And we don't ask anybody 
for any money except for a donation. So a lot of the money that you give helps underwrite a lot of these expenses. But this mission right now, and um, I, I believe, and I know when Father uh, started this in 2011, we met with him and talked about starting Sacred Heart Columbus and then Sacred Heart Roman Network, and now we've combined the two. We are really now becoming the voice of promoting the Sacred Heart nationally. Even really internationally. Yeah, and so we're blessed by this. This is not something we boast on. We've been given this. It's coming out of Columbus. Any help you can give us, but also continue to pray, but more importantly, continue to renew your enthronement, restore the family by enthroning your home. And I think there's no better way to restore the family today. And, Father, you started off um, with the family is under attack, and how do we restore families that are broken? And it's going to be through Jesus. It's true. Our Lady, I, you know, people are asking, what, what should I remember? What should I stay focused on? And I've just, I've just gone down to the very basics. Those are, remember, Jesus lives and Mary listens. And oh. then I go down. He lives, she listens. Mm. And we must focus on the fact that Jesus lives and his heart beats. And we must focus on the fact that our mother listens to us as her children. And so just remember that as wow, we bring this Sacred Heart Hour Father. to a close. Remember, Jesus lives and Mary listens. And if you need, you know, if you're just looking for that one thing to hold on to, just remember that the Lord lives and his mother, our mother, listens. And, you know, for people, uh, for businesses out there, our business enthronement, what a blessing they've been to businesses. And businesses are so uh, struggling right now. And, you know, I really invite you to take that opportunity to enthrone your business to the sacred heart of Jesus in assisted living. People are so isolated in that because of the virus. Enthrone your household, enthrone your space. College students, there's, you know, it's, yes, families are totally under attack, but really, the Sacred Heart is for everyone in every situation. So, um, you know, we don't want you to think it's just for families. It's really for everyone. It's for the whole world, yeah. For the whole world. And I also think for those that have relatives in nursing homes, um, in the past month uh, we had 150 enthronement kits go to the villas. Yeah, exciting. Villas. And they've worked in getting all the rooms enthroned to the Sacred Heart. And they were, it was a donation. And it was a donation. Yeah. And I, I just think that uh, Joanne had a visit yesterday uh, to the nursing home. And what you realize is they are locked in their rooms yeah. for like now four months. And without visitors, and why not uh, just say, Get an enthronement uh, image, sacred art image there. Give them a booklet and let them know they have a friend there all day with them that they can talk to. 
It's been a fast hour on the Sacred Heart <laughs> Hour, the month of June, this first Friday. And as Time we, flies when you're having fun. <laughs> as we bring to a close this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart, we invite all of our listeners to join us as we bring to a close this hour and direct the attention of our minds and hearts back to the Lord. Most kind Jesus, we come before Thee. We renew the consecration of ourselves to Your divine heart. Be our King forever. In You we have full and entire confidence. And may the Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. 